Welcome to the Aaron Novello Podcast. Are you looking to master the art of real estate sales? Do you want to level up your business and lifestyle? You are in the right place. Aaron and his guests share winning real estate sales strategies and techniques and show you how to win the inner game that leads to financial freedom. Get ready. Here is your host, top producing real estate agent and coach to some of the top agents in the U.S. and internationally, Aaron Novello. Welcome back, Novello Nation, to another episode of the Aaron Novello Podcast. We have with us an exceptionally powerful human, an exceptionally powerful real estate agent. He hails from Vancouver, 2.485 million in GCI last year, 170 closed and pending, all of that while not physically doing those transactions himself out of production. The great and powerful Mr. John Sai. appreciate you being here uh, with us today, brother. I'm honored and I have to be honest, uh, nervous because I always uh, wanted to be on the podcast and today I get my opportunity. So I'm giddy. So uh, thank you for having me first my, and foremost. My pleasure, brother. hundred percent. And I am equally as excited to have this time to uh, connect with you as it will live on on the internet uh, for hopefully many generations of agents so they can continue yes, to play the game at higher and higher levels. And I always like to bring people to the platform that I think can really add tremendous value. And you definitely fit that criteria. So I guess if you would, because you have this very interesting kind of experience um, as a younger person and then getting into like choosing real estate as a vehicle. So if you could just for a second, like share, um, you know, kind of that experience and then what caused you to say, you know what, like real estate is my vehicle where I'm going to make my mark. I think I stumbled upon it by chance. Uh, growing up, I never, never really knew what I wanted to do besides uh, being a, a pop star in Taiwan, which was a pipe dream for me and um, no regrets. But beyond that, I didn't know what to do. Uh, but during my university year, uh, last year, I went back to Taiwan and I met a gentleman in the gym and he was 42 years old, as old as we are right now. And he was retired and he was working out at the gym at noon on a Tuesday, right? It's my summer break. So I'm like, who are you? And why are you here at this time? Don't you have to work? He's like, I'm retired. I said, so what did you do? He said, well, I um, built a language school here in Taiwan and I built up to uh, many, many franchises. I sold it. And now I invested 100% into real estate and my real estate income exceeds my monthly expenses. I am retired. I said, how do you do that? He said, well, read this book. I said, what book? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I said, okay. I've never completed any one of my textbooks growing up, but I will read this book. So I read it. And after that, uh, the only thing that ever clicked with me in that book was if I had my rental real estate you know, give me income that exceeds my monthly expenses, I am then financially free and I'm retired. So, okay, real estate is the way to go. I'm not super smart. So how can I learn this? So I thought, okay, why don't I get a license, go and sell real estate and learn at the same time how to invest? So that's what I, I so then I was 22 years old. And then I procrastinated for four years. Finally got my license at 26. That was a deadbeat, Aaron. Absolutely. Were you really? I find that so interesting, John. 
I was the laziest guy you'll ever know. And I'm curious, like, what was, because it seems like you had some ambition in the sense that, like, you heard what this guy said and you're like, wow, that's interesting to me. And it struck you as something that was possible and was available to you. So at that stage in your life, was there something else going on that was causing you to not just, like, get after it? Yeah, a lot of uh, mental anguish. And a lot of inferiority complexes, you know, that existed from childhood and adolescence. Uh, you're not good enough. You know, my dad would tell me, you, you're, you're never going to amount to anything. And, you know, all those things has stopped me from taking action, which was actually going ahead and, and signing up for the course. Yeah. Right? And through many more life experiences from 22 to 25, then I said, you know what, enough is enough. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being lazy or being called lazy or calling myself lazy. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. So I yeah. did it. And I love that brother, because like, I really appreciate your authenticity and vulnerability. You're willing to show up fully and completely. I'm aware that oftentimes what we get from, whether it be Instagram, not suggesting it's true for you, but just in general, or from other platforms or from podcasts is we get uh, the kind of polished version <laughs> and we get the version that like people would like to see instead of the one that's like behind the curtain. I was on a call recently and I share with somebody cause they were like, Oh man, like, I don't know. And they were doubting. And I'm like, you know, I don't know if you're aware of this, but for the first five years of my career, at least four times a year, I'd look at my wife and be like, I could be doing something else with my time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, it's not easy and it's difficult and it's hard and you want to, you know, retreat to something else. So, um, I love that because the story of one is the story of all. And what I what I wrote down here, which I thought was really interesting, is you got to a place, which is, I'm going to say this word, and I know it has, like, it's a powerful word. I think it's, it's an exceptionally useful one, though, if you harness it, is that you hated telling the story over and over again. You hated not, like, taking action. And it wasn't until you got the point of hate that you actually, like, propelled yourself and did something about it. Is that right? Yeah, I think it was desperation and hate uh, of my current situation so much so that if I, the pain exceed, the pain of not taking action exceeded the pain of taking action. So I took action finally. And so Love for that. younger agents out there thinking about taking action, you, you got to have enough pain, I think. Mm -hmm. Most people move away from pain, which is what I did. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm, um, reading a book right now where he talks about that. And like the tendency is, is that we, our brains, we can be wired to optimize for the short term instead of the long term. So what's short term is like, yeah, if I do this, it may be a little painful now, but in the long term, if I don't do it, there will be probably more pain. Big pain. Yeah. So it's like you went through that experientially, you were optimizing for the short term. Hey, it's easy for me not to do this. I could keep pushing it off, but then it culminated in a place that was, you know, painful as far as like not having done it or not keeping your own word to yourself. Like, Hey, I'm going to do this and I'm not doing it. And then because of that, then you got to that place where like, okay, enough's enough. And you made a decision. Yeah. Yeah. I love that, man. And then, so, and then you get in and I know that, um, you know, me and you have built our business in a very similar way, uh, which is through, you know, just kind of, grinding and old school, you know, beat the bushes, telephone calls, understanding that simple kind of PLAN prospect lead, follow up, go on appointments, negotiate deals, uh, that everything else should be outsourced and really working on skills and things of that nature. 
And that worked exceptionally well for you. However, what I'm also aware of is it did have like a limiting capacity. So if you, because I know that you very you have a team now, which is really what a lot of people are going to be interested in in this conversation. So talk about like how that particular mental map was helpful to you and useful. And then when it stopped being useful, because it did reach a point of diminishing returns, I imagine. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I didn't start very strong. I did two transactions in my first six months and then 17 transactions and then 10 transactions. That's when I found Mike. Yeah. Mike Ferry, our head coach. Mm-hmm. And it what he says makes sense. Go out there and do the work. It was all hard work. So for 10 plus years with Mike, it was a grind. Mm-hmm. And it was seven days a week, 12, 14 hour days. Mike never told us to work seven hours, seven days a week, 12, 14 hour days. But his mindset and intensity almost hypnotized me to do so. <laughs> and it was like this, like you said, point of di- diminishing returns was I was doing 20 contacts a day, 30 contacts a day, 35, 40, 45, 50. I maxed out at 55 contacts a day for the whole year. And that year I talked to, I believe, 12,000 people. And I'm like, wow, I can no longer uh, go beyond that. If I were to you know, take 150 listings, I would have to talk to 75 people a day. It didn't make sense, right? So I'm like, what's next? Mm-hmm. What is next? So that's when, when it clicked, I'm okay, I, I need more people. I need more agents. Yeah. So Mike taught us, you know, okay, good. You go and get the volume and the agents that you hire service the volume. That had me grind through a a revolving door for four years. Yeah. So, and I love this because I love this for a couple of reasons. One, for those of you listening, you know, you might see John's numbers, 2.48 million in GCI, 170 closed deals and think like, wow. And what he just said to you, which I think is so interesting, is that he didn't start. If you would have watched him at the beginning of his career, you wouldn't have expected that to be the outcome, right? Couple deals for six months, seventeen deals the next six months, ten deals. It wasn't like like a rocket ship out of the you know kind of gate sort of thing. So I think that that's very helpful and useful for for folks. The second thing I think is interesting, and we talked about this on our Freedom Builders calls, is that um, this idea that like there's some fundamental truths like gravity. And at the same time, though, on planet Earth, like the landscape has changed dramatically over the last 200 million years. At the same time, there's a fundamental truth of gravity, right? Okay, cool. So the idea is, is understanding, learning what that fundamental truth is, let's say on how to sell this property in high volume. And there is a fundamental truth. I have to prospect every day. A day not spent prospecting is a day not spent in business. I need to do focus my activities on PLAN, prospect lead follow-up, go on appointments, negotiate deals. I need to have admin help and listing coordination, transaction coordination. Like there's some fundamental kind of gravity laws, right? Yep. At the same time though, to I think the goal and objective is is um, to be an upholder of those fundamental laws, at the same time be intentional about picking your head up and looking around to see how the environment is changing, which I think we both agree it's changed dramatically since we started Absolutely. as far as you know how the internet has affected things and things of that nature. And then see if there's other rules that are emerging 
So that way I can start to adopt some of those rules and I can continue to get my unfair share. Now, what's yeah. interesting though, is money has an addictive quality and because of it, we get addicted to the way that we receive it. Yeah. So we were applying rules over and over again, trying to get a different result, but it wasn't happening for four years. Yeah. Well, it was like, I'm going to leverage this so I can train someone to become exactly like me, but then not really like me because my ego is still huge. <laughs> so good enough, but not beyond me. Yeah. Mike says to go ahead and get the uh, volume and have them service it. And so I'm like, why isn't this working for four years? It was like people getting mad and not really being able to produce and leave. So then I found some people and they were giving me a completely different mindset. Yes. It was more like when they come in, listen, they're actually my boss. I got to work for them because I provide a service to have them, you know, in, on my platform, be able to succeed. And I'm here to facilitate that. So in fact, I work for them. They don't work for me. That mindset switch had me leverage and grow a lot faster than I did before. It was like me, 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 John Sai, John Sai, John Sai. Whatever's left over, you guys go ahead and you know peck at it. Yeah, whatever scraps that are left off the table after I'm done with a feast, like you guys can have, you know, those scraps on the ground. Exactly, and I'm still the biggest producing agent on my team, which was great, and it felt good until I absolutely physically burned out. What can you do when you're physically and mentally burned out? Not much. Mm-hmm. So now at this point, uh, oh, I'm truly feeling, feeling blessed because I'm able to help them become successful and I'm not burnt out. So yeah, which is wonderful. So, and I think what's key there is, I think what's very interesting is that you recognize, so in that vein about like what we just said about gravity and like picking our head ups and looking around to continue to see how the landscape's changing and this and that. So um, somebody once said to me like, okay, if knowledge equals power, which I think we would agree that applied knowledge, right? Not just knowledge itself, but applied knowledge is power. That's how I've changed my life. It's how it's changed your life. We were talking off camera beforehand. It's like, what's something that me and you have done well is compound information. Yes. So people understand compound interest. So it compounds and it grows into something big. Well, if you've been reading, you know, two or three books a month for 15 years and you've been attending all these classes, listening to podcasts, all this, like at compounds, Yes. Right. So we've done that well. Um, and I think what's interesting about what you're saying is, is like, if knowledge equals power, the question is, is what if I have the wrong knowledge? What if uh, I'm trying to take a law like of gravity and apply it to this other thing that I'm trying to do? Uh, and I don't get, uh, and I'm not getting this right. And I'm wondering why, yeah. but it's because I just need different information. Yeah. Right. And that sounds like it's exactly what happened for you. So you got different information, which included mental maps, which included like actual practically, procedurally, like this, this, and this, different ways of kind of mindsets of thinking. And then once you got the right information, what did you notice happened? Like, so you went four years, like bang, 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 in your head against the wall. Everybody's leaving revolving door. Like, you know, it's really not working. You're still, if with the team, if you're not in production, the whole business stops because yeah. you uh, are basically, you know, the profit center. And then once you got access to the right information, once you started to get proximity to people that were thinking differently, what did you notice happened? 
Well, it was one thing at a time, one system at a time, and one realization at a time, and not stopping in my team building. Because I could have given up and said, hey, you know what? I'm just going to fire everyone and be in production myself, and I'll just sell you know, 100 homes a year, and I will never go beyond that. I'm okay with that. But I wasn't okay with that. So I said, okay, I'm, I'm just going to feel forward, and I'm going to do one system at a time. Whatever they taught me, whatever they gave, gave me, it was one system at a time and one agent at a time. And one experience at a time, um, people still leave, but I know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I'm more experienced now since, you know, 2015, I started building a team to, to now, now. Now that's six years. Yeah. Right. Six, seven years. So I, I've, I have experience and I'm noticing that it's just the accumulation effect for team building has finally taken place, Aaron. You know, because I was at three, four agents for four, five, six years. And then all of a sudden now I'm at 14. Wow. That's awesome. Right? So it, it it compounds, like I said, but I, it, it's it's the same thing as prospecting, as taking listings, as persistence and willingness to fail. Yeah. And you mentioned something which I think is so interesting is the mm, temptation, which I'm imagining there was. Mm-hmm. Because managing humans is a different type of work. Yeah. It's work, just a different type of work. Yeah. And I'm curious, was there like, because I'm imagining there was, this is my experience and the folks that I work with and everything is that you could be, you know what, like this isn't, I'm just going to, I'm just going to sell a hundred homes a year. And like, that's it. Like, were there multiple times where that happened for you? And you had to like, stop yourself and be like, no, even though that's the path of least resistance. And I know that, and it's easier. It's not really what I want. I'll tell you, uh, I, I can't have, I, I couldn't have because I wanted more. Mm. My, actually my ego didn't let me do that because I wanted 200 deals. Yeah. And the only way to get there was to become a great leader, not to become, you know, cause I'm not, <laughs> so I'm not Aaron Novell. I'm yeah. not, I'm not Josh Barker where I could list 200 homes a year. I, I tapped out. Mm-hmm. So the only way to get there was through through team building. So my ego didn't let me do that. But I thought about it. Yeah, like maybe there was a thought. And what I love about what you're saying is, is it's like, um, I think people think change is, it just kind of happens. My experience is, is it's very intentional. But I'm also aware it was pain that pushed you because it was like, I want to do more and I don't have it. And then you were so committed to the outcome. It's like, I really don't care how I get to the outcome. I'm not, I used to be attached, you know, that I have to be the guy that does all the deals. I'm, I'm little shedding that and I'm okay with as long as we get to the ultimate outcome. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. And it was tough to let go. Uh, letting go of, I want to be that guy. I want to list 200 homes a year. And my ego was like, you could do it. You could do it. But I couldn't. And sometimes you have to let go of that to go to the next level. Yep. People are stubborn sometimes. Like I, I heard an analogy the other day. Uh, you know, one of those cargo trucks going under a bridge. Right. And then it gets stuck. And then everybody was looking at that um, cargo truck and was like, why don't you just work harder, step on the gas and keep grinding through, right? And everybody was watching that truck 
And there was a little child on the side saying, hmm, why don't you just let the air out of the tires? And so they did. And then the truck went through underneath the bridge. So I was trying to grind through like, like being stuck underneath the bridge. Right. And then I found the way of letting air out of the truck and going, which was a completely different, you know, set of skills and information, like you said. Right. But I was my ego had me just see that grind through. Yeah. And here's what's so cool is like for you, um, it's fantastic that it worked. It took four years of trying to smash through. Right. Instead of just figuring out how to lower the tires and move forward. And that it's speaking to what you're referring to, which I think is awesome because like there's a saying that says we question our beliefs, except the ones we truly believe and the ones we never think to question, Mm. which means we typically don't question them at all. (laughs) Right. So, and that's interesting, right? Because beliefs are just opinions that we've developed loyalty to over time. And I think we imagine that the map is the terrain, meaning like, I have this map that worked here. So I'm going to try to take this map and apply it over here. It's like, well, okay, maybe, but like that maps for Wisconsin, bro. Like you're trying to go to California. Like those are different maps that require a different set of skills, a different thinking, like different approaches, like different systems, like all different things. I mean, I used to tell people, like, I used to think it was cool that I did 200 deals a year and nobody knows who I am. (laughs) I would brag about that. Like I'm the Kaiser Soze of real estate. Like I could walk into an office, hand them a file and nobody even know my name. <laughs> and I know you're trying to, cause like we had a similar thought and like, now I'm like, gosh, that's so dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or no people website. bragging like, oh, I don't have a website. I'm like, how is that cool now? Like, that's dumb. How does that make sense? Gosh. Right. Like everybody's going online. It's just so interesting. Oh, those <laughs> online reviews. Like, no, those aren't a thing. Like, really? Wow. Like that's so interesting. So, so, um, I think it's important to be like a follower. I mean, a student, not a follower. So students where I like, I, I pull in information and then I self-assess and I come to my own conclusions followers where like, I just, you know, I just do whatever somebody says. Right. So, okay. So, so here you are, um, you applied this new set of knowledge, you lowered your tires so you can get through And at first it was like just tinkering, like tinkering, figuring it out. So talk about like, you mentioned it was like one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. So for the agents out there that might be like, okay, I'm ready to do that. I've tapped out. I'm at 120 deals. I'm not doing any more. It's just repetition. Same thing over and over again, that sort of thing. I want to get to more and I need leverage, which is the leverage of labor to get me to more. Mm -hmm. What would be like one or two of those first either mental maps to implement or think about or to change your thinking mindsets and or kind of practical things that you can do, obviously hiring somebody, but like also systems and stuff that people need to be paying attention to. Oh man. Um, I failed my way through. So I just hired people and see what happened. So that's one thing I did. And you know, it worked sometimes it didn't work other times, but proximity is power, right? We know this. So I knew that I couldn't, do this if I were surrounded by people who couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I went to the uh, career visioning with uh, mm-hmm. Ben Kinney mm-hmm. in 2000, end of 2018. And I said, I- I'm committed to learning this. And, you know, there I met 
some team leaders that were you know, out of this world and completely different than the Mike Ferry world. Mm-hmm. So I started following those people. I started masterminding, you know, just being a sponge and really um, dropping my ego and asking them questions as if, you know, I'm, I'm a child and I'm just trying to learn the basics of team building. Yep. So proximity to people that are doing what you want to do. And next is I hired a coach and very specific to team building, mm-hmm. right? She's built and sold companies. She was at Keller Williams. You know, she owned uh, five doors. Is it five doors? It's like a I company. Don't I don't know. Yeah. 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 So within Keller Williams, anyway, so she was a big team leader. And so now she's just consulting and building masterminds. So I'm coached by her right now. So she's done the full meal deal of what I want to do. Yeah. Right. So she's not only coaching me, she's consulting me, giving me tips and tricks and connecting me to other big team leaders so I can learn from them. Yeah. I think if those, those two things is like, you know, masterminds proximity and then coaching, just like how we did with Mike. Yeah. If you want to sell a hundred homes, get around great listing agents. Same thing. Same thing. Yeah. So I wrote down a couple of things. Like one is for those who may not be aware, like career visioning is a class specifically around how to hire people. Yes. So you recognize that you had a, you needed that skill set, So you went to where you could acquire it. And even though that may not have, I don't know if at the time that was with the company that you're with, it didn't matter. You're like, okay, well, let me go check it out because there seems to be something to this. Like, and then you probably went more than once. So you could like really kind of absorb that information at a high level because, um, you recognize like, okay, that's a skill that I need if I want to hire people on a regular basis and to really match behaviors, natural behaviors with tasks, making sure I'm putting the right people in the right seats. Right. So that, that makes sense. And then the other is proximity is get around people who either have done what you want to do already, who are thinking at kind of higher levels. Um, so that way the probability that, you know, you'll be able to produce that outcome is dramatically enhanced, right? Absolutely. So good. So, and then what were some of the big mistakes that you made in team building? Like uh, that, like that you think would be helpful to people? Because I think that there's, there's two things you can learn from somebody, how to do something and how not to do something. And both are equally as valuable. Uh, I think it's, I think it's um, trying to hire people that, um, that are like you. And then unfortunately, people like you, if you are a big producer, they will want to be like you and leave you. Unfortunately, that, that's just the way it is. It's just the way it is, mm-hmm. right? Unless like you always say is create a playground big enough so that they can still play in your playground. Yeah, like their dreams can come true within your ecosystem. Exactly, exactly. So I never built that. I was just like, hey, you know what? You can become as great as you are, but never be greater than I am. That's the mindset, right? It's like, I'm the guy. Hey, you can't be your own guy. But right now, I'm actually switching my team up to say, hey, you know what? I don't want to take the whole name of John Sai out. So then you can brand yourself and I'll help you brand you. Yeah. Like I'll help you be your own guy or gal. Exactly. Yeah. And the second thing is, it's kind of like buyers and sellers. I can't motivate someone who's unmotivated. I can't get you like, oh, you're being super negative right now. Come on board. I can help you make a million dollars. 
doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. You got to find talent instead of trying to make talent and motivate talent. Yeah, I think that's really good guidance. Which is like uh, I read somewhere like you need like so if there's there's three people that you need to be rock stars if you want to accomplish what John has done. The first is is a rock star in acquisition. So the acquisition of clients, right? That's a, a rock star salesperson. The second is is a rock star in operations to run the whole thing. And then the third is is a rock star in delivery. They deliver on the promises that we've made for clients, right? right. And what this guy was saying is like, you don't need stars. You need rock stars. <laughs> And yep. a and a star is like an A player. Like they're a solid player. A rock star has an it factor, though. They're like they're just different, right? And um, then what he said, which was interesting, is that he's never hired a star and they turned into a rock star. Yeah, right. Right. He's had the opposite happen, but he's never had that happen. So if like you don't feel that they're a rock star, like right away, the probability of them becoming one is probably pretty small. He's had people yeah. that he thought were rock stars actually be A players, but he's never had it happen in the opposite direction, right? So that's kind of interesting. And that speaks to your point about like, you know, I hear people sometimes are like, I think they're going to be like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like they get emotion involved and like, right? They, they don't have like an actual plan. So how we have developed like a specific plan that now you teach to your team about how to list property, like here's the ingredients. This is what we do, right? We do this, we do it in this order. Here's what you say. Here's how you say it. And the chances that you'll get a contract signed is like 85%, right? Right. Um, and But you can also do the same thing with hiring. It's just you need that information on how to do it, whether it's a personality assessment, then you put them through career visioning. There's like a whole thing that increases the chances that you'll end up with the right person, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And so, and I guess I'm curious for you because you have the unique position of being both You've been the rock star salesperson and now you're like a rock star manager. So I don't think people really understand that those two things are completely different. <laughs> and I think people imagine because they think like they should, like, you know, I should be putting a team. I don't think it's for everybody. I just don't. Like, I think it's, you can go either one or two ways. Like you said, you could either be the rock star listing agent. The challenge is, is that most people who do that, they don't take 50% of everything they earn and buy assets to pay them money. So what they get it to be like 60 and they're still on calls talking about contacts and listings, right? Man, yeah. So so that's the challenge with that. But but selling real estate in high volume, being a lead listing, it like it pays very well. And if you rip yeah. off chunks and invest it, you're gonna be okay. Yeah. The second option is is to build a team, right? So, and I think a lot of rock star agents try to be rock star managers and realize that like it's not like it's not their natural disposition and it's actually quite difficult. So yeah. Talk about like those, because you've been able to successfully do it. Like talk about how those things are really, truly different. Very, very different first and foremost. And thank you for seeing me as, as a success because um, I'm still a work in progress. Yeah. Right now, I knew that at, at some point I was like, okay, I'm a rock star, a superstar, a great listing agent. And then I actually had one of um, our agents and also my friend. She always keeps it real with me. John, you suck. You suck at communication. You suck at leading people. Wow. You really suck. I can't understand what you're trying to tell the team. Nobody has any direction. Everything is falling apart. You suck. (laughs) I love that, bro. I love 
you know, you, you need friends like that. Right. And so what I did was I, I okay, great. Thank you for telling me. I went and, and, and took leadership courses at Landmark. I spent two years with the team management leadership program, uh, self-expression leadership program with Landmark, um, countless uh, leadership books that I read. And through all that, I become an okay leader and I'm still learning today. Right. So if, if you are a great salesperson, you're a great listing agent, that's one skill. Right now, you're probably a zero in be, being a great leader. And, and the good news is it can be acquired through knowledge, uh, learning, just like prospecting. But your willingness and your hunger and you, your willingness to be coach has to be there as mm-hmm. well. That's so awesome. I, so I spent, you know, how many years, you know, from from when, when she told me in 2017, I then started to really learn about communication, learn about leadership. And to this point in my career, I'm okay, but I can get a lot better. Yeah. So right. where we, on a scale, and I know you're like, you typically are very humble about it, but on a scale from one to 10, in terms of leadership, like, you know, kind of strength, where would you place yourself currently? I would say I'm about a seven right now. Yeah, that's awesome. And then how about as like a, like a listing agent? A listing agent? Well, I mean, even, even at my best, I was probably an eight and a half. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah. what, I, what I love about that, and I think, you're, I think that the people that I find that produce the most favorable outcomes are the most self-aware. They're very clear on what they're good at, what they're not good at, what their strengths are, what perhaps are opportunities for growth. And I'm noticing like this pattern, right? It's like um, you didn't know about hiring people, so you sought out the information. And you also weren't immature enough to imagine that you wouldn't have to pay for it. So you like paid for the information, you took the class, you flew wherever you needed to go to to figure the shit out. Then the second thing you did is like you had a friend who truly is a friend because they'll tell you right to your face, like what's true. And she was like, bro, like you really suck at this dude. Like, this is terrible. Yeah. Like nobody knows what's going on. And like, and then upon re- like probably reflecting on it, you're like thinking like, well, yeah, everybody's leaving. I'm not holding on to anybody. Like I'm, I'm just, just like, not, it's not working the way I would like to. And because she was kind enough, really, because I see that as an act of kindness to point that out to you, you then went out and sought out additional information, right? on how to lead. And you spent yeah. two years studying it. Yeah. And I think that's fantastic, dude. So then here's my question to you. So for you now, right? Cause again, you know, 170 deals, 2.4 million in GCI. That's awesome. I know on our, uh, one of our freedom builders mastermind calls, I posed this question, which was like, all right, so if I want to go to a whole nother level, take like a quantum leap, there's usually three things that are getting in my way. One is a skill set that I have to stack on top of my current set of skills to make me more valuable. So you had to stack how to hire people, you had to stack leadership, and that took you from 100 to 170 plus deals, right? Cool. The second is is a character trait. Mm. Character traits are things like integrity, things like honesty, things like um, some people, and I know this is not you, but some people try to cut corners and like, you know, kind of do shoddy work to try to you know, progress faster. And that ends up biting them in the end. That's a character trait. Uh, and then the third is, is a belief. 
some sort of limiting belief. So you like, again, that belief that, okay, I gotta, I gotta smash this, uh, you know, 18 wheeler under like through this bridge. I'm just gonna like pound against it. And that was just a belief. And that was just an opinion that you developed loyalty to over time. And it wasn't until you like change that belief that you were able to actually do something about it. Right. And kind of go to a whole nother level. So for you now with where you're at, what information now do you think uh, is going to help you to go to another level if you should choose to do so? It's mindset, I believe. It's mindset because I know I can implement pretty quick now. And if I put people in place where I can implement and hire pretty quick, but it's the mindset that still limits me. So the other day, my coach told me, you know, why aren't you getting to 20 agents? Like, I know you can. I'm like, oh, I just don't want to babysit no more. You know what I mean? There's new agents, you know, I got to get them started. I got to teach them how to talk to people, skill set, blah, blah, blah. Well, wait a minute. If you were to find talent and they're actually already productive, would you be happier? I said, yeah. But can I attract productive talent? So will you tell me? So then I realized my limiting belief is like, I can't attract productive top agents. So then I have to, you know, babysit until they're productive. Yeah, that's wild. So it's kind of like um, in your mind, you were limiting yourself as far as like um, talent to new agents because of a limiting belief. Remember the third one was just belief that like, well, why would a productive agent want to join my team? Yep, exactly. And that's why a coach or mastermind is so important because I didn't know what I didn't know until I told her that, but then she can see my blind spot. It's completely blind to me that yes, I can attract already productive agents and getting to 20 agents is actually what she called critical mass. Mm. It starts to get really fun and it starts to perpetuate itself and recruit so much more easier if you were to be at four or five agents. Which is so interesting because I'm aware uh, that you already know that that's true because of something that you've also done, you know, in your organization that you work with, where you've been able to recruit people and your downline and things of that nature, where it took on a life of its own and it's grown yes. geometrically way more than what you could have done by yourself. So I'm imagining you probably brought in, I don't know, 15, 20, like yourself, but then it starts to get geometric underneath, right? It starts to just grow naturally, but you have to hit a critical mass. And for, for team building, as you're in your sales team, she said 20 was a critical mass. So I'm actually excited now to get to 20. Before I was like, I don't want to babysit 20 people, Raquel. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, think of it this way. So yep. again, that was like, hey, why don't we just let the air out of the tires, John? Mm -hmm. I don't need you to grind through anymore. Just look at it this way. Love that. So um, just belief and we, we can call that mindset just like a way. And really what it boils down to is a belief. And by kind of augmenting that belief, having somebody point that out to you, right? It brings it to the surface. You begin to examine it like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't even dawned on me that this other thing is like, like possible. And now that's completely shifted how you internally feel about it. One was causing you to feel kind of angst. So therefore you were resisting doing it. The second is, is it actually causes excitement. So now you can go after it, like, you know, in an intentional and, and purposeful way. That's awesome, dude. So, and I guess I'm curious, like, 
because I know people are going to ask questions or would like to know like kind of like fundamental questions about like systems, like CRMs, like what do you use? Like what software do you use on top of this, like that integrate into the CRM? Like what, what would you propose or suggest that if agents really want to do this? Because I'm aware that what's happened is part of the change that has happened is that um, doing this in high volume without technology has become super, super difficult. Not so good. It's not so good. And it's it's becoming increasingly more difficult. And I think the other thing that's true is that consumers demand speed because technology has shaped our expectations. Yeah. So I expect if I push a button on Uber, it shows up right away. I expect if I order something, it comes right away, right? So, um, you know, you have to understand the tech and integrate it into your business because it's allowing you to do volume. So yeah, if you could talk a little bit about like what you're using, what you recommend, what do you think is kind of like a suite for someone who's thinking of doing this? Yeah, I, because we are with eXp, KB Core comes for free to us. Um, I have to say that it's, you know, it's not maybe the best. <laughs> yeah. I've heard Real Geeks is really good. Um, you know, um, Boomtown and all that. I heard they're really good. I've never used those. And Sync. Yep. Right? I've used Sync before, but now we're using KB Core and that's all I use. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be the old guy in, in saying that whatever CRM, the best CRM is a CRM that you actually use. And we actually use KB Core. And we're probably using about 10% of it right now. There's so much more. It's so robust on the back end. But try it out. You know, again, it's the one that you actually understand and will use the best one for you. Um, we actually signed up with Sales Tool Pro, company out of uh, Ontario. They take care of all of our past clients. It's like a, an automatic uh, messaging to our clients, mm. but it's very like personalized. Automatic CMAs, automatic uh, birthday text and holiday text. That system we're using right now, if you guys want to check them out. Um, what else? MailChimp, right? I, I keep it very simple. I think that's all we use right now for tech. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And um, the only one that you didn't mention, which uh, I have some familiarity with this follow-up boss, but, but to your point, like whatever the the point is, is to use it. You want to find something that has like a a UI, like a user interface. That's like intuitive, easy. Otherwise everyone won't adopt it. Right. And that's the goal and objective is to get that adoption. Exactly. So, all right. Awesome. So those are the tools that you use and I'm very clear on kind of you know, how you got to this place. So then the question is for you, brother, you're rocking it, you're crushing it. So like, what's next? Like what, where do you see yourself? I don't know, 24 months from now, 48 months from now, like what's the goal and objective? What's the, what's the mission? Yeah. Well, the mission, the mission is bigger. Um, but it never occurred to me until my coach told me like, you're complacent right now because you're good. Like finances, you're, you're not going to have to worry about you eating or buying toys and stuff like that, but it's not boring, right? But look at it this way. How many more millionaires can you make in your organization? Can you create? I'm like, wow, that's a big goal, right? So I think that's what's next for me um, for the long-term, right? Is thinking who I can help achieve their goals and becoming a millionaire, right? Uh, short term is the 3 million GCI and 200 close transactions. 
you know, that's, that's what I want to do this year. And for the bigger goal of, you know, rev share and all that with EXP is to go to a thousand this year. Um, and that'll be another source of income that will be become seven figures. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, legacy, leave a legacy, right? And I think having people who have become millionaires and become leaders of their own in my, from my organization is something that I can be proud of. Um, I also wrote a book. <laughs> That's my legacy. It's called How to Be a Beast. It is on Kindle right now, and uh, it'll be on paperback uh, soon. So I want to write more books. I want to, you know, speak more and just contribute more. Since I don't have to worry about money anymore, I, I want to see what's next for me and and how I can contribute to the real estate world. And uh, it's coming to me. I'm not quite clear yet, but uh, thank you for asking the question. Yeah, uh, my pleasure, brother. And what I think is so cool, like what struck me as you were describing it is, um, I know we talked a little bit off camera before we started. And then when I learned what you shared about that experience with that 42-year-old, like you've become that person. Oh, shit. <laughs> and that's pretty interesting. I mean, you've become him over wow. 15 years, whatever it is, right? So now you're, and it sounds like that might've just recently just struck you when I shared it with you. So um, now, so you have accumulated all this information that has served you and your family exceptionally well. And now what it sounds like, you know, it's part of the mission and purpose that's still coming to you is where you can now be a resource and share it with other people to allow it to, so they can use it and, you know, improve uh, their experiences or, you know, the experiences of the people that are in close proximity to them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's an awesome position to be in brother. You know, it's exactly why I do what it is that I do. I had a, I had somebody ask me one time, they were like, Hey, like you sell all these homes. Like, why do you coach people? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you can make way more money just uh, selling homes. I'm like, well, that's operating under the assumption that the only reason to do something is because it's the most profitable thing to do. Mm. <laughs> Right. So if I make a meaningful impact in, in somebody's life, qualitative, quantitative, measurable impact, I mean, you can't buy that with money. You know what I mean? No. Um, and and that's that's a really cool thing. So listen, brother, I appreciate you spending the time. I think people are going to get tremendous value from this. So if people want to find you, if they got questions about team building or things of that nature, how can they link up with you? Yeah, just hit me up, Cy Real Estate on IG, DM me. That's probably the easiest way to get a hold of me uh, these days. Or just Google me. Yep. Either one. He's easy to find, ladies and gentlemen. So listen, appreciate you, brother. If you guys who are listening, if you like this episode, uh, be sure to subscribe so you can be updated every time there's a new one. What's also true is if you got value from it and you think somebody else could get value from it, go ahead and share it with somebody and uh, smash that like button. So appreciate you guys. Look forward to reconnecting. Appreciate you, John. Look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you for all that you do. My Cheers. pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to the Aaron Novello podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow Aaron on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Happy hunting.